Welcome to Comic Book Herald's Cree Annotators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of Comic Book Herald, and I'll be interviewing some of my favorite creators in comics about specific runs, graphic novels, or series, looking for their insights and inspirations behind the work. Today, I'm excited to welcome Joshua Casera, artist of the ongoing X-Force, part of Marvel's Dawn of X. X-Force has been one of my favorite books in the Dawn of X since launch, and it has continued to tell the story of sort of what has become now the mutant CIA in this new Krakoa era, post House of X and Powers of Ten. Joshua, thanks so much for joining. Can you tell us initially how uh, your involvement on X Force came to be? Hey, Dave. Uh, first, thank, thank you so much for having me, man. Um, I was working in the Spidey office, well, Venom office, I guess, um, and helping out with some Venom there. And they had assigned me another book and oh, you know, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. I had done, I was waiting on a script. They had me fill in on uh, some Star Wars pages and that was really cool. And I'd finished that and I was, I was back into some Venom stuff. And I got kind of a, an email asking me like, hey, do you want to work on Star Wars stuff or do you want to work on uh, Marvel Universe stuff? You know, what, what's your mm -hmm. preference? And I said, oh, yeah, I love Star Wars, but I, I think, I, I think my heart was in with back in Marvel. So I think that was kind of them at, kind of, prodding me to see if that's the direction that I want to go because they must have been considering me for it. And so just out of the blue, they're like, hey, we got this thing and Jonathan Hickman's doing the whole Don of X, you know, uh, Don of X thing and we want you to draw X-Force. And it's one of those books that I can remember buying the original X-Force number one. Mm. So it was like, whoa. I was already a big, I was already a huge fan of Jonathan Hickman. And and then they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll dump some of the idea of what he's got going on. Uh, and they just kind of literally drop what I was doing to jump right on, you know, and it was, you know, last year, like even like March before it first come out in October, I think, or November, because it, well, they were double shipping. So they wanted everything to, to come out. So, um, and then they dumped the Hickman Bible on me. I got to meet Ben Percy and, and well, you know, just, just online and, and through phone calls and stuff. And it was, it was in equally equal parts intimidating and exciting for me. That's awesome. A very, very cool story. I, I was wondering like how early in the process you started, certainly, because it does seem like, yes, there were all these whispers and people within Marvel knew about the plan for House of X and everything Hickman has has kind of, you know, led as the head of X. So in March of 2019, you were already getting started on X-Force number one. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was, I mean, X for some, well, there was a couple of things to iron out too, a little bit of concept things too. I don't think I was drawing until probably April. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, I got, I got to see House of X one and two and, and, and powers and all that and really kind of jump into it. You know, there wasn't as much designing on my part. There was only a little bit uh, to jump into like Krakow. A lot of that had been established, but as we go further along, you know, we're, we're helping create this world as we go along. So sure. it was bit because it was the double shipping that's why they had us starting out so early because they did not want any hiccups you know to and i'm not the <laughs> the fastest artist let's say <laughs> so, and they they generally know how fast you know your output's going to be so um yeah it was it's you know it was it's just one of those things where you're making something i'm going all the way through summer and i can't show anything i can't even tell until san diego comic-con last year i couldn't say you know what i was even working on and that's kind of it's both fun because I am in on some secret that nobody else knows. Uh, right. But frustrating not to tell. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely that, that would be a unique experience. And I mean, it obviously it hit hard, like house and powers were the biggest thing, you know, in comics last summer. So you said you had a little insight into, you know, the Hickman Bible of, of the vision of the franchise. Were you, were you surprised at all by the reception and the enthusiasm for what happened? Or uh, were you like, yeah, I, I kind of saw this coming because I had, you know, this, I had the secret I knew about. Yeah, you know, you're 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 worried. You're always scared. You don't know until anything comes out, you know. Yeah. But I think what he's done and what he did, and and I think he's built up a lot of credit with, let's say, with the audience, with with his past and his 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 storytelling and the stories he's done with FF and Avengers, and, and um, I mean, even just his image stuff. And I think. I think people also trusted what he did. I don't know if maybe somebody else came out with something similar. Might have everybody been. I think a lot of people were ready to just dive right in. Yeah. And but so I mean, you read House of X number two, and how are you not immediately sucked in and blown away? That's the one that changed for me when I read it. I remember where I was. I was I was actually camping in Sequoia, and I got a PDF of it, and I and I'm reading it, and I, I had to hand it to my wife. I'm like, you you have to read this. This is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and just the fact that he could bring in all these characters, just hey, whoever he wants, whoever he wants, all these characters get to come back. And I think that brings all the fans, because X-Men fans, they say they're X-Men fans, but X-Men fans are generally a fan of one particular character or, or something. So when pretty much every character can come back, I mean, you're making, it's just one big party. Right, right. It makes everyone happy, which is which is such a unique thing, at least for, uh, you know, for that that little high <laughs> for that moment and then of course obviously there are bad things to come which is a lot of what x-force is about uh i'm curious too like so there's there's been a lot of publicity in the wake of the dawn of x and kind of these these writers room slacks that that everyone on the team is having right and just like this i this idea and the sense of community of mm -hmm. of building this world together i'm i'm wondering on the artist side of things do you have anything uh, similar in terms of like communicating with other artists or building this world of Krakoa or is it uh, a more singular experience for you? Yeah, it's, it's a little more singular. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any uh, cool story of like our just artist cabal getting together. Uh, <laughs> right. That's perfect. Yeah, the artist cabal. Yeah, I, I, wish, I wish we did. I, actually, it's probably a good idea. Um, there's a little bit of back and forth. Uh, but not as much. It's mostly through the writers and through the editors and stuff. Just like even today, I had to send something off and cross check with something that's going on Marauders and make sure oh my character looks you know the same and and so there's always that. But your your editors are your main you know they're the switchboard um, back and forth. And I go back and forth with Ben. Ben and I text every day, literally. Uh, we do some phone calls here and there, um, and of course the emails and the official channel. Um, so it's much more through them. And they're way ahead, and and just being the artist, I like I get involved in the story, but like they know the overarching story, they know everything that's going on. I just I'm not able to know exactly what's going on. I want my I don't have enough brain, I don't have enough capacity to to know what's going on in every single book. So I'm okay with it. I know like every day there are you know at least once a week they're on those big conference calls uh, going over it. But I definitely I definitely get notes from the other artists too, or from the other writers too uh, for things that. Um, I'm working on or things that we're coming up with and we'll talk about that later as far as you know making the books Yeah, for sure. Yeah before we get to to 
X Force this run very very specifically. Um, do you you mentioned you know you were you were collecting X Force number one when it was coming out, and I think it was probably 1991. Um, do you have any favorite eras of X Force? Like, is that launch your go to? And I guess by that same token, is it is it a franchise that you're pretty familiar with, or did you find your? Or even if so, did you find yourself going back and reading stuff as like reference material in this process? I mean. You know, my coming of age was, I started reading comics really, really young. I started picking them up off the spinner rack at the local liquor store or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was around when, when X-Force 1 came out, the original one, and, you know, when, when it just started going crazy, of course. So I had a huge influence on all that. So I loved that original cast, and I loved the art on that. Um, and, you know, the first time uh, with X-Men number one, too, the Jim Lee, um, Chris Claremont, and so, I mean, that was my coming of age, but at that age, even I didn't, I have a terrible retention when it comes to uh, like fiction, like I'll read nonfiction. I can remember all kinds of things, but fiction really kind of is just my, my mind just goes, Hey, I'm just going to be entertained for the moment. And, I, and it kind of goes out. Um, I think. And so there, there's definitely been a gap where I haven't followed along with all of X-Force, um, but I definitely did read the uncanny, the uh, remainder. Yeah, uh, and, and that was awesome. And so uh, that kind of reeled me back in as far as X Force. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a fantastic yeah. run. And I think you're, I think you're working with a uh, colorist Dean White on some of these issues too, right? And I, I think he had some involvement with that, with that run. Yeah, as well. he's, I know. Been doing, he's been doing. He did like the first, you know, you know, we have a couple artists helping out, a couple colorists helping out too. And Dean, yeah, he yeah. helped and make that distinct look that we've had on the book, which I'm you know, really proud of and really happy to have. I think I, I always look at X-Force and I look at the other ones, I always think of them as kind of like the artsy book, mm. cheesy things to say, but um, I, I like that. Like they always seems like it had a different style from the main line. Um, and I, I think when he came along too, I think it was a great match. And I had never worked with him before. He was, he was secretly at the top of my list mm. that I didn't know he was available and uh, Jordan White told me last year at San Diego Comic Con, he's like, "Oh, I've got Dean White to color you." Like, oh, yes. So, <laughs> nice. and, he, and I just let him go crazy. I said, "By all means, do what you ever want." And he was hesitant at first. He doesn't want to step on an artist's toes. Um, yeah. And I think he was, you know, very aware of that. And once it started coming in, and he saw me, just I never, you know, I rarely give any notes on it because he was just nailing it with, with however he wanted to go. Yeah, as part of your process, do you typically like? Do you provide some? Do you provide a lot of direction in terms of what's in your head or for the colorist? No, rarely, uh, unless there's yeah. very specific. You know, there's some notes that it has to do with costume or things, um, but I'll rarely. I mean, somebody like him. That's the whole collaborative process is letting them do their thing. He, you know, people know him for a reason, and right. he does what he does. Just like Ben hands something over to me, I'm sure he pictures whatever in his head and he hands it over to me to to do you know that he doesn't give me much he lets me go free too you know when i get his scripts he's he's okay so i do the same thing with dean i just okay there's sometimes i have a very specific idea but a lot of the really cool visuals and i did in black and white some of the visions with, with gene gray uh yeah. he just took it around with him you know and and it was almost it's off first shot i didn't have to come back like hey can you tweak this at all i think he nailed it on the first try cool cool no that's great um, as far as designs that are actually in the book and, and styling, there's a lot of, there's actually a surprising amount of like unique stuff that you get to do. And I say surprising in the sense that 
like you mentioned, you know, this is the world of Krakoa now, right? Where all of the X-Men are back. So there's some familiarity and, and stylistic things that sort of have to hold true across the books. But then one thing you guys are doing right off the bat in the first volume is you're introducing this um, cult of, of Zeno, right? And mm -hmm. there's the, the man with the peacock tattoo. What mm -hmm. went into that, that design of like that, you know, evil sinister cabal of, you know, this nemesis of mutants? How do you, how did you bring that to life? You know, that was actually the first, one of the very first things, because it's literally page one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of the characters are pretty set as far as what the costumes were, because they had already, they already appeared in, in, in House of X and Powers of Ten. Um, and so I, it was the mask and then, the, you know, the design of that. But the mask is what actually helped me up the most. It, it ended up being the simplest thing. I went off and I drew like 50 different designs. I, mm -hmm. I started research because some of the notes were we want something kind of primitive. And so I'm researching different tribes and primitive masks throughout. <laughs> I, I literally drew probably 50 different styles of masks. Yeah. And they came back, we're like, well, it's a little too much. And we really settled back on this very simple, but of course that's really great to draw as an artist. You're like, the simpler the better. Um, but they came back with this and I, there's, there's a reason why they look like what, why they look. And so um, there's a connection to, to, to something else in the other books that, um, that you'll see why down the road why they look as they do and okay. then as the peacock tattoo you know the, the basic description was there um but it's again i just took and ran with it and um you know i always pictured him in a in a light suit um, but then it's just got to be colorful all the way up you know he has this tattoo and then and then just now his suit all the way up you know up to like i think it's mid-arm and and so he just he's he's a little bit flamboyant and but in like a very evil way, sinister way. Yeah, right. No, for sure. Uh, the other thing you get to do a lot in this in this book is sort of organic plant life, right? So there's obviously Krakoa. That's like a huge part is they're living on this sentient island. Um, but then you with characters like Black Tom, who's heavily integrated into Krakoa, um, or like the most recent arc where you you get into Terra Verde, you have these uh, or Terra Verde. You have all of these like. A kind of swamp thing esque, you know, like this this whole world of of plant life, and I'm I'm wondering, like, it's this really it's simultaneously gorgeous artwork, but it's also like this visceral eruption of of green, you know, coming like especially like I think Quentin Choir gets it the worst as he does over and over again in this book <laughs> is like you know it's coming out of his nose and stuff. Um, what's your what's your inspiration for bringing all that to life? Are you like do you do you go out into nature? Do you use photo reference? Like, what's your what's your process there? Um, a, a mixture of all that. I mean, I definitely you look up photo reference. Um, some of that has to do, I think, maybe why they like I, some of the stuff I did on Venom. You know, with the symbiote and the kind of tangled vine, almost like vines. I think led right into that. Like, I was getting really. I was getting really into drawing that stuff. And so when I did it, when I went into this, we went into the, the healing gardens and, you know, the vines going up into their veins and stuff just seemed, you know, perfect. I, you know, the swamp things, a big, you know, of course, influence and, and that style that you'll see. And, and um, like I said, I did go to uh, Sequoia and I literally did take some pictures. I went to the, um, I was down in the LA flower market with my wife, you know, she likes, she loves that place for the flowers. And I actually saw an opportunity to take pictures of a lot of, uh, cool plant life and stuff that you don't, wouldn't normally see. So 
I used some of that. I was down in San Diego. There's a botanical garden, like a botanical building. I did take pictures of that. So I would use some of that. But after a while, you just kind of build that uh, in your memory bank and, and you're able to just kind of do it out of your head a lot of the times. And I kind of like doing yeah. that a lot. Um, and, and unless I'm setting a new scene, a new place, I'll just kind of just run with it. Let my pencil go wild. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. It's definitely one of the more like striking visuals I think of this run. Um, it, it, especially like the last, I think it was X force 10 in particular has some really, really cool moments. Uh, there's, I think another thing, the run it, people are going to look back and think of is your work on, enormous gatherings of mutants has become like kind of a calling card. Um, and th we'll talk about the Tiki bar here in a second. Cause that's definitely the most famous panel and it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, but there's even a moment when I was rereading in issue number two, where there's like this huge gathering of mutants, uh, mourning Charles Xavier, who in issue number one, you know, appears to have been, or is in fact assassinated. Uh, I guess a couple questions here. One, how do you choose who to feature? in something like, you know, the Morning Professor X or the Tiki Bar, as far as like which individual mutants are going to get, you know, that little chance to shine. And then the second part of that is how do you like give them each kind of their own, their own space and their own character? Cause they all kind of have something to do. It's, it's pretty impressive. Well, you know, we'll start, we'll start, we'll start with the, 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 the morning of, um, Xavier and uh, issue two, that's kind of what's, so I've never drawn anything like that before. You know, I always, you see like Arthur Adams or, you know, some, some people who've done some amazing things uh, and I've never done anything, but it's in the script. Cool. It's going to be a cool shot. And uh, you know, I chose to do this down shot and it's, I've got to fill it with mutants. But the cool part with this whole thing was who's on the Island, who can I draw? You know, yeah. so I had to officially, you know, I'm going to have my X-Force characters and then some of the main characters I've already seen in, in, in X-Men number one. I've seen, uh, you know, as long as the, the timeline lines up, you know, by the time we were like probably the fifth book published, I think. I think we were like second to last in the line. I think Fallen yeah. Angels was the last one. So as long as the characters had appeared and not died, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't put, you know, uh, well, I don't know, Sabretooth already, you know, he dies later on or gets thrown into the pit later on. But I couldn't, um, as long as that lines up. So I would give a list, send it into the editors and like, this is the list of characters I want. And so I would, from my memory of what mutants do I know, is there any obscure mutants that I can think of? But then you just, you look up online, here's, here's a couple of obscure mutants that I, I, I wouldn't think of. You'd think I can think of so many off the top of my head, but when you really come down to it, it's only like 20, 30, but now I need to fill it with maybe 50. And, and uh, so I just give them a list and then it becomes a part of, I got to have my X-Force characters here. And then, you know, I've got to have you know, Cyclops up front, up front and, and some of the characters that tend to be closer to Professor X, maybe. Um, and from there, it's just, I need filler. <laughs> I need to fill it out as much as I can. So a couple of them I know got changed. Later on, we had to kind of, they're like, oh, that person can't be there. They, uh, not, or that person's not even a mutant. I think there was somebody that technically they weren't a mutant. So we had to change. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Um, and uh, we've had... There's a couple of those times, but usually it gets you know it gets checked off the list first. But then, I mean, we're we going to talk about the Green Lagoon now too. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, that one way more involved, and yeah. it, that that idea sparked a little bit from doing that big, you know, that big page spread because I drew it probably in like May of last year or maybe mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle of summer. Um, and then X Four uh, X Men number one came out. And 
I saw that they had a cafeteria in it, like on the moon. And I just kind of like that that's a gathering spot where they talk, you know, because X-Men, as much of the action as it is, it's really, and it's a soap opera and it's interpersonal drama too. Right. And I like that just, it's a spot where they all interact. They said, they got to have a, a cantina of some sort or a bar of some sort. And the cool part with the Dawn of X is we do have our own part to help flesh out Krakoa. You know, every time there's maybe something new in a script of like, hey, you're the first person who's going to draw this. Or, um, and so there was, I was fueled by that, like, hey, I'm actually going to help build out this world. And so, and a testament to Ben is he's always open. He'll tell me before he even starts a script or an outline, he'll, hey, is there any ideas you have for this? You know, I have, here's the basic arc. Is there any ideas you want to throw in? So he he entertains all my bad ideas, um, but he will take and run with it. And this idea I had for the, right after X-Men and one, I said, I want to do a bar there. And he, a week later, two weeks later, he's like, okay, we're doing it. It's already got approved. <laughs> Perfect. So now I got to, and I always want to do one of those cool, crazy spreads, but it's so daunting when you actually sit down, I've actually got to draw it now and I have to figure, I have to make it interesting. I have to make, yeah. I learned, I learned the secret of those things. Like, uh, like Jeff Darrow, I love his spreads and the secret to those working is everything's, somebody has to be doing something. Every person has to be reacting to something. You know, the, 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 prep, the, the morning of professor Xavier, they're just standing around, heads down. You know, a couple people are showing some real emotion, but that the the tiki bar scene has got to be. They all have to be reacting to somebody or somebody. There has to be a little story going on with each and every one. That's what actually took the longest. So, you know, I had it flow from left to right. Emma with her crew walking in, and then you know, just the characters. I got to find out how they're connected. If they're connected, did they date in the past or not? I'm looking up all the romantic relationships in the past. Yeah. I had to get make a giant guest list of who I'm going to have to do 70 characters who can be on there, who can't be on there. And then who can actually be around each other. But then back to all the writers working together, we threw that out with that idea ahead of time, a couple months ahead of time, mm-hmm. he's going to do the scene. Is there any ideas that the other writers have, you know, mm-hmm. Tinny Howard and Jerry uh, all came back with notes and of, Hey, a combination of just things that they thought would be funny and, and fun and a couple things that actually are like, hey, I've got this going on down the road in my book. Can we, is there anything, you know, we can do here? So there is uh, some of it, there's definitely, there's definitely meaning behind some things that are going on. And there's definitely some misdirection and some things of me just making up on the spot or just being funny. That's so cool. That's so <laughs> yeah. fun. The, the fact that it actually has that almost where's Waldo, you know, like interpretation that you can apply to it, I think is, is a huge part of what makes it so appealing. Um, okay, I'm gonna have to dig back in now to to scoop up some Easter eggs <laughs> and see what I can find. But I, the other piece that I that I think you're spot on about is like it is one of those signature moments in this era right now of just everyone just getting to hang, you know, because mm-hmm. everything's so go go go, and obviously all sorts of crazy things are happening, and yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, here's just like the slice of life for at least an hour or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, why well, you know I came up with the idea going. Maybe we'll just do a panel. I, I said I'd really like to do a, a, a two-page spread, uh, ignorantly asking, begging to do a two-page spread of this. Um, <laughs> but to, And to Ben's credit, he put it right in the right spot at the very end of Domino's arc, pretty much that first arc of hers, you know, I mean, yeah. after eight issues pretty much of hers. And he put it in that little spot before we jumped off into our next adventure, you know. And 
And but you get a little bit of those character moments of, of Domino and Sage. Sage finally kind of letting her hair down. She's been uptight the whole time, and then you have Domino like she's now being reincarnated. You see a little bit of Black Tom and how he's just so <laughs> just going out of his mind right now. Yeah. Um, and so he just put it in the perfect spot. He found uh, the perfect place to put it. And and his little like story with with the with the Wolverine family at the very beginning, you know, that's all his idea. That weird Russian roulette thing, you know, he's got a yeah, yeah. on that guy, and uh, <laughs> and he, you know, that's how he started it. And I was more than happy to draw it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. great. And it's you know, you're totally right. Like it's it's in the middle of sequences where you're going from you know, Domino has been tortured. She's dealing with some very heavy topics, right? In the first volume. And then obviously we're progressing in sort of this, this rise and fall of beast, as I've called it, where we're looking at, you know, his, his status as the head of this mutant CIA and all the, you know, decisions he's been making and the negative outcomes. But then, yeah, you plop this in the middle of all that. And it's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll catch our breath and we'll all laugh at uh, the con and, and Wolverine playing this weird Russian roulette. You know, it's, it's a, it's a very welcome, thing were there any um were there any characters in that that you got to do for the first time that you were like super jazzed about there's so many uh, there's so many i love uh i love havoc's costume i haven't done the first time most i'm most of those characters the first time i've ever drawn them ever anyway um and uh, i did apocalypse i think the issue one of the issues before but i was just ben came up with the idea of he's basically sitting alone and just drinking like a bordeaux you know, but I called it, it, call it the fun table. It's basically Jean Grey, Cyclops, and, and, and Apocalypse. You know, they're keeping their distance, but they're there. And everyone else looks like they're having a great time while they're all just standing there. Um, you feel like Cyclops and Jean are there because they have to be. You know, they're yeah. like, we, we have to sit with this guy, even yeah. though they really don't want to. <laughs> yeah, and they're looking over at the fun going on. You know, they're with the, the Madrox dupes, I really liked. Yeah. Um, the idea of having a bunch of them all, you know, kind of sprinkled around doing different things. Um who else? I'm trying. I'm picturing the whole thing in my head. Um, just the gags. I've talked about this before. I was a bartender for a long, long time before I even started drawing comics professionally. So there's a little bit of my. I'm thinking of like a little bit of a functional bar, um, and yeah, yeah. I thought the world's greatest bar back would be um, Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. And so, like on a really busy night, I worked at some really busy places, and and. I've had amazing bar backs at Walla, you know, before, right as my bottle is running out, they're, they're there in a flash and they're handing me my, my the fresh, everything ready to go. And I pictured uh, Nightcrawler just all around the bar is grabbing a bottle, handing it, you know, I think he's handing one to Anoli and then, and then he bamps off and he's often watching, you know, still watching the entertainment up in the, you know, up in the tree. Um, so that my own personal uh, gag that I liked uh, of, of, of an actual working bar. I've said this before afterwards is that my biggest mistake was not making forearm a uh, bartender. He'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. He had those extra arms to, right, to work. Right. Um, if he, if he's good for anything, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> it's I love, it. drinks. I love Ben's idea of uh, Fred Dukes. Uh, Bob is uh, the main barkeep and the kind of the guy running the show. Uh, it's just too perfect. I put him in a Hawaiian shirt. And yes. I do love I that. That's Blob in a Hawaiian time. shirt is just is candy. I every time it just makes me yeah. laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. All right, very cool. Um, I do have some questions here from I, I put this out on uh, YouTube for the Crack and Krakoa folks, and uh, I said uh, you know I was going to be talking to you, and I said if they have any questions to let me know. So the number one question that came up over and over again was about the assassin who killed the the Xeno cultist very early. Now, I even if you could spoil who that was. 
I wouldn't want you to because I want I want to see that come out in the story. But here's my question. Do you know the identity of of the assassin who like put his hand over and smothered that uh, the the person who came and committed that massacre on the island is like, was that something you and Ben talked about when you were drawing that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know everything. So you okay, perfect. Yep. So you intentionally and and did you did you leave any clues for us? How how possible would it be to sleuth? Because I know a lot of people are trying. Um yeah, I mean I I obviously I, I know it's it's hard for me to say. Um I think it's obvious, but Okay. Okay. There you go. There you go. It's obvious. Yeah. We should all be able to figure it out. Yeah, there's some things, you know, the Green Lagoon scene, there's some things in there too. I've gotten a lot of questions about and like, who's this character and or who's, you know, some of the, mis the mystery behind this. And, and it's one of those, I know exactly who it is, but nobody else yeah. knows. So I, I, I'm, I'm not at liberty to say. Secret power that you're willing. Yeah. Very cool. Um, it, unrelated, Mr. Ketch asks on YouTube, what characters would you still love to draw that you haven't had the chance yet? Is there anybody left even after the, the Green Lagoon type scene? Uh, I mean, talking Krakoa and the mutants um or even just marvel i suppose you know they yeah might I, I mean we'll, we'll do both um i love i love mystique i've gotten to draw a little bit of her and i was so pumped to actually get to draw her i got to draw her like an issue three or four or something I, I, some quiet council stuff um yeah. i would love to do some some more of her um and hearkening back to me being a uh from x-force and what i would love to do cable uh, as well, um, team cable or old man cable? No, old man, old, old man. man. Um, no offense to the young cable fans out there. Um, <laughs> in as far as Marvel wide, uh, Fantastic Four, uh, and the thing, the thing's probably my favorite character in all of the uh, comics. Uh, maybe yeah. to draw and just I love, I love his looks so. Uh, that's probably at the top of my list. I always noodle Tom Brevoort every couple of months to, hey, anytime you're free and you want a weird, gritty, uh, Fantastic Four uh, one-off issue, I'm more than happy to fill in. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that possibility. Well, also, um, I did get to draw, never mind, I won't talk about it. I'm, I'm drawing, I'm, I'm getting to draw some characters right now that uh, I, I, I really wanted to draw and that I've never drawn before. And uh, I don't think I'm supposed to tell you about them. Never mind. Yep. Yep. Uh, understandable. Uh, so you're, you're right now we're, we're all sort of preparing for tennis orgs, right? Is the big crossover for Max men. We don't know a ton, but there's, there's clues here and there about what it's going to be. Um, a couple questions, I guess, what is your involvement in the process and how does working on a massive crossover like this change anything you're doing? Um, it's awesome, but it's really intimidating when you see the art coming in. Because you don't want to, you want to step up your game too. It, it happened with X Force uh, when X Force, you know, with Dawn of X and everything came in, of course. But now I'm, I'm it just is such a, a fantastic lineup of artists doing all these books too. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of new worlds and stuff we haven't seen. I mean, they've now hinted at them, I'm sure, uh, I think already. By press time now, I get confused on what's actually out and what what what's been what's been the, seen by the free comic book day set was yeah. kind of like a prelude chapter, yeah. Okay, so um, there's something extremely exciting to do some new stuff within these worlds. I'm getting to draw characters I don't normally draw in my own my normal book, um, 
there's a lot of really cool things, but again, it's it's seeing the art come in in these these realms and and uh, the characters you're gonna draw and how good the art is uh, and the good the storytelling is that I'm blown away. And again, it's both equally exciting and uh, intimidating. For I'm sure. Drawing, uh, no, I, I hear you. I'm drawing two issues worth of Exos uh, Ten of Swords stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Dante asks on YouTube, how long do you think you'll be on X-Force 4? Because he says he never wants you to leave. It's excellent <laughs> art, which I agree with. So do you have well, any, I, how, I guess, how long do you see this going? Um, is it a, well, I don't know. Let me, let me stop and let you answer the question. Okay. Well, let me just say that I'm on for the long haul. You know, yeah. I, and I, Ben and I are on for the long haul. I mean, it's this whole, I think we're going to be on it as long as um, Jonathan Hickman has this whole thing, as long as he wants us on. Um, yeah. uh, I want to be on it. I love it. I mean, we have a big cast, which is both hard to draw, but Ben's so good at the character characterizations and the voices for these characters that I love drawing all of them. I'm, I'm, able, I'm getting to draw more Colossus now. You know, Colossus yeah. was out of the picture. Um, and unfortunately, on on some of the when the when the double when the double shipping schedule caught up, I I unfortunately wasn't able to draw those Colossus issues, um, which I got you know I got to read the scripts on and I got to see the art come in and I was just extremely jealous. Uh, and so there's a couple breaks. I was going to be drawing. Um, I was already scheduled to skip a little bit ahead on before the whole COVID thing happened. Um, and if we knew that was all going to happen, I probably could have just stayed on um, just as a regular schedule and just been on the books, but they just, with 10 of swords coming out, they're like, you know what, just go ahead. And so, you know, I'll be on it when the schedule does catch up, you know, I would like to draw as, you know, get as far ahead as I can. Cause I want to have as many arcs all together as possible. But yeah. as far as just him and I on X-Force for uh, indefinitely, basically for now, we don't see right it. The book seems to be doing you know, well, and, uh, I don't get too much hate mail. So <laughs> I would hope not. I would hope not. It's great stuff. What can you tease about what's to come in X force? Um, and then I guess along that same line, kind of where, where are you at, uh, as far as what issue you're on in, in your process? Um, well, actually it's, it's a little back because of COVID what happened. So they were going to skip me ahead of time because just the publishing schedule came out. So, I actually started. I actually already drew issue fifteen. It's already gone. It's already okay. in the end. But I have jumped backwards. I will be doing now issue fourteen as well. I'm also doing another book that I don't know if I'm allowed to say. It's not X Force. I'm doing. I'm doing an issue of another book that's not X Force. I'll just let you know. In that. the uh, in the X Men universe. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's not. It's nice. not going to be like, whoa anything wild. It's. Um, but I. I guess since it's not solicited, I'm not supposed to say. Uh, so that's already in can. I'm drawing that. So with that, I don't know what the lead time and when that's all going to come out. Um, but I know that I had to jump backwards and and now drawing those. So I'm in the middle of them right now, and it's really wild. They're uh, they got really crazy and really wild with me uh, and forcing my hand at drawing some uh, stuff that I'm not very used to, and there's a fun challenge in that. Uh, some trippy stuff, uh, and yeah. So just I'm just mired deep in ten of sword stuff right now. Awesome, awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing all of it. All right, a, a little different type of question. What is a comic book coming out right now 
uh, or recently that you think more people should read? If people can check out a book of, of somebody else's, what would you recommend? Um, being an artist, I don't read as many. Like I literally will buy books just for the art. Yeah, as far for sure. As far as storyline, which I I follow along with, Philadelphia, um, yeah. um, with Rodney Barnes and Sean Alexander um, is incredible. <laughs> I, I worked with Rodney before, and so we're friends. And I knew about this book ahead of time, um, but I waited until it published. I just buy him, uh, and it's so good. I love it. Uh, and I don't, I'm not just saying that because Rodney's a friend, it really is a really good book. And I think more people should be reading it. Um, uh, I can't wait to see the, the TV show come out. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It seems, uh, it seems built for that for sure. Yeah. I go back into the, I go back to some old stuff. I was kind of looking over some old, um, uh, the original, uh, first two volumes of American vampire, oh, yeah. uh, Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, there's just a lot of just such a cool energy to that book. And I love just the different time periods uh, that that book kind of sets in, you know, each chapter. Uh, so that's something I've kind of gone back and reread. But the other stuff is mostly just kind of visual inspiration and, and reference for me. A lot of it's uh, looking at, you know, I'll follow a lot of just artists on Twitter and just seeing what they do uh, really fuel for me to just get better yeah yeah makes sense cool uh before i let you go is there any other work on the horizon or things that you want to plug um you know i do i'm doing all this uh the ten of swords stuff wait till you guys see it it looks it looks so good and the story it's just it's bananas it's as bananas as you can imagine that's exactly um, what i want to hear it goes into like the fantastic there's the, the fantastical elements of it you know it, and that's that's out of my that's you that's out of my usual wheelhouse. But I'm having a lot of fun drawing that. Awesome. Um, I've never drawn so many swords in my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Living up to its guy, name, huh? Got this guy here ready for um, this guy ready here for reference at any time I need. So perfect. They, yeah, they sent me this. Uh, there's something else I'm involved with. Uh, I'm part of at Marvel that I think they're going to announce next month i i can't say anything but it's something that i'm part of that i'm really excited to to be a part of and i'm mean, just dude more x-force coming I mean, as ben percy would say like we just he's got mayhem we got <laughs> you know chaos blood you know things like that so, <laughs> yeah it's spot on impersonation i was at uh <laughs> i was at a c2e2 the last the last con there may ever be um, earlier this year, and they did the the you know the X writers panel, and when Ben spoke, it was just like it was like the subwoofers on all the walls just rattled. It was amazing. Oh, I, you know the first conversation. I mean, I get this assignment. Hey, we want you to draw X Force. You want to? Yeah, of course I'm gonna do this. When I work with Ben Percy, I knew of his name. I did, I hadn't read Green Arrow. I hadn't read some of the stuff that he'd done before. Mm -hmm. And but okay, you know here and here's the script. Here's the email, and it's like, hey, let's have a phone call. And little you know my my little squeaky voice. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm the artist and and <laughs> hey brother you know he's uh it's it was and then so i mean it was just like what, what's it uh was it infinity war where uh, uh oh yeah yeah with uh chris pratt my voice dropped like i said <laughs> i'm the artist on x-force uh yeah i like to draw vines black tom he's our man uh <laughs> and and he's but man he's he's an 
awesome collaborator. Uh, we get along really well. And we, I mean, we have the same sensibility. We're, I think we're the same age. Um, and we have the same sensibilities. We want, you know, I don't know, we, we probably argue over who's watched the original Red Dawn more. Um, and, you know, our, our 80s action flicks are just, yeah. we're running in the same. So our, our, uh, the way we joke back and forth and anytime he needs like any kind of, when we go through what the visuals that we want to do, we we're on the same page and he is very easy and very malleable with his scripts. Like, Hey, this is just the blueprint go crazy. Um, and he's, and he's been nothing but fantastic to work with. And I think, you know, hopefully that shows in the work and, you know, I think that's why we will be together for a long time on X-Force. Awesome. Awesome. Love to hear it. Yeah, no, it's been seriously like a really, really nice addition in the Dawn of X. It's definitely always near the top of one of my favorite books coming out. So, and, and your, you know, collaboration is obviously like that comes through in the work. You can always, you can tell when a team's in sync and when they're not. And, uh, you know, definitely you guys are, are doing some great work. So everybody should check out X-Force. Highly recommended. Joshua, thanks so much uh, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. This was a uh, fun conversation for me to geek out about uh, awesome X-Force and X-Men comics. So thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for so much for having me, man. Cheers.